You're listening to Simple Ritz Radio, episode 71. And today, we're talking all about caffeine and your hormones. Like, what's the real deal? Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back. This is Simple Roots Radio, the place to get healthy, live happy, and find joy. I'm so glad you're here. And today, we're breaking down hormones. In fact, this entire month, we're really going to dig into hormones, what they mean, and how you can take control of that. Because at the end of the day, our world has created hormones to be this massive villain in our story of health, but it can actually be the hero. But here's the deal. We have to learn to work with them instead of against them. And today, we're going to start breaking that all down. I'm also giving you daily tips, tricks, and hacks over on Instagram at Alexa Sherm and Facebook at Simple Roots Wellness to help you do this and incorporate this into your everyday life. But here's the thing that you must know about hormones. We're all different. We're all unique, and it's not one specific thing that's going to work for you is going to work for everyone else. We just have to know what works for us and do more of that. So today, when we get into this topic, I think that there's a lot of value and merit behind the research that shows that when we get into these big things or big substances, they can all affect us in a similar way. However, how how much is going to vary individually. So Try these things out, see what you think, and be your own judge. Do you see progress? Do you not? Just live and learn and work constantly on this journey. It's not a destination, but a journey. So just keep working and having fun with it. And that's really all that we can ask. So again, make sure if you want all of those hormone tips, there's going to be 35 of them coming your way. Head on over to Instagram and Facebook and also the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 071. And you can get them all via email if you sign up in those show notes. Okay. So today, like I said, we're digging right into the show. We're going to uncover the truth about caffeine and your hormones, how to do a caffeine detox and why you should, and some caffeine-free alternatives that I think are going to help you replace coffee if you're a coffee drinker. Now I know, right? I am going to get called out because I'm not a coffee drinker. Like I've never been one to say that I love coffee. It It just never been a thing of mine. And so do I know what it's like to give up coffee. Unfortunately, I have to tell you I don't. But I do know what it's like to give up caffeine. And I used to be addicted to caffeine like so many people. And that's really where we're going. It's not about a coffee issue. It's a caffeine issue. Granted, we could get into coffee and other things. But really, today, we're going to dig into caffeine and its effects specifically on your hormones. So we're going to break it all down. But before we get started, With the specifics on caffeine, I want to talk just briefly about our hormones because I think we have to have a little background, a little understanding of what our hormones actually are, what their purpose is, and then we can start to see this relationship between caffeine and how it's interfering with our hormonal flow. So hormones, what are they? right? Hormones are your body's chemical messengers. Basically, they're like the little signals, the little messengers, the little newspapers or whatever you want to call them that are running all over your body giving signals. So it's what it's how your body's working together in unison. All of these specific systems come together in unison via these chemical messengers and they travel in your bloodstream to tissues and organs. Most of your hormones are going to be made in your endocrine glands, such as your pituitary, penile, thymus, thyroid, adrenal, pancreas, and of course your sex glands like your 
testes in men and ovaries in women. Now, hormones are produced in a very complex process, and here's the here's one key that you need to know about your hormones. They are dependent upon beneficial fats and cholesterol. In fact, cholesterol is the starting point of all hormones. Like that is the foundational aspect of how a hormone is created is based off cholesterol. So cholesterol's claim to fame is that it's been very bad for our body, right? Everyone wants to lower their cholesterol. However, if we really dig into cholesterol and its benefits and why the FDA came back and said, there's no more regulations on eggs, eggs are actually good for us, and that cholesterol is actually really beneficial is because we cannot produce adequate amounts of hormones without proper cholesterol. In fact, cholesterol is so important to your body that every single cell in your body has a means to make cholesterol if your liver and if you're not consuming enough in general. So cholesterol is really, really important, and that boils down to having enough healthy fats in your diet because that is going to be critical in the development of hormones. So bottom line on that, you have to consume enough healthy fats in order to produce the right amount of hormones. If you don't have enough, then something's not being produced as it should or as efficiently as it should, right? So things aren't working well. And when you think about your hormones, like it's this inner working system of all these lines coming together to create communication. So when one line is hacked, right, it throws off part of that communication network and things just don't run as well. So it's really, really important that we understand that. We're going to talk more about cholesterol and hormones later on. That's not what this show is about, but I wanted to make that clear. Also, when we talk about hormones, there's a lot of talk about our thyroid, right? Because people think they have hypothyroid or hyperthyroid, and we're going to have experts on that are going to break all of this down. But just to briefly clarify, your thyroid's true function and purpose is a, a data center. Think of it as like your second brain. Basically, it's working to maintain homeostasis, so balance for you individually, whatever that looks like for you. So it basically takes messages from every organ and gland that gets delivered to your thyroid, and that takes in what's working well, what isn't working well, where are the toxins, what's what's in need of some energy, what needs help. Like it, it takes in all of this information related to the homeostasis or your balance in your body, and then it creates signals to send out when an organ's tired to help give it energy and provide for whatever it needs to compensate for its needs, essentially. So a thyroid is a little bit different than what we think, um, and most of the time we just strictly relate that to our metabolism and other things, which it does have an effect on that, but we just need to look at it as an overall homeostasis mechanism. Again, we're going to talk more about thyroid and have thyroid experts on later, but I thought we needed to just like clear the air there and to understand that the bottom line in any given day or month, we have so many fluctuations in our hormones like estrogen and progesterone and cholesterol, luteinizing hormone, prolactin, oxytocin, leptin, ghrelin, thyroid hormones, melatonin, serotonin, and others. The question becomes, how do we balance them all? And here's what we need to know. We have to start working with our hormones instead of against them. And what I mean by working with them is understanding that they are not the villain of the story. They are not against us. And in fact, they are so for us that when we start messing and tinkering with things, right, in the diet and the exercise exercise and lifestyle world, we start threatening those hormones, which pushes them into this survival mechanism. And the reality is survival mode, the fattest live the longest. And so if you're trying to lose weight, we don't want to be tinkering with that and pushing our body into a a state of fear 
and pushing our body into that survival mode. We want to not survive. We want to thrive. And we want to get our hormones able to trust us that we are working with them to not just survive, but to thrive. And today, we're going to talk, how do we start doing that? Now, here's the thing. I know no one wants to talk about caffeine and coffee and the C words that so many people love. I get it. Well, I kind of get it. I, I, Like I said, I'll just be honest. I've never been a coffee lover, so maybe I don't get it to that degree, but I'm going to empathize with you today because I know this is really, really difficult and it's something that so many people rely on. But I think this topic needs to be known. And so I thought, why not just take the blow, right? Take the hard blow right at the beginning, get it over with and start working from there. And again, this tends to be one of those topics that we kind of skirt around, right? Like when it comes to, I'm gonna help my hormones and I'm trying to fix my hormones and so many people are doing so many things, but they're not really willing to give up that caffeine or their coffee. And I think it just boils down to, because we don't really understand how big of an impact it's actually having on our body. So I wanted to do tons of research so that I was very clear about all of this and not miscommunicating anything because I don't want to make you give up anything that you love because you know me, this has to be realistic for it to work. But I think that there is some validity, especially if you're having hormonal imbalance like PMS or um, infertility, PCOS, endometriosis, uh, cystic ovarian syndrome, you know, cyst in your breasts, uh, just poor sexual desire, like low libido, uh, depression, anxiety, like all these, any, basically anything to do with your hormonal issue and inability to lose weight. Like we have to look at caffeine because it's having such a profound effect on our hormones. Okay. So there's four points that I want us to know about what caffeine's doing to our hormones. And then we're going to move into actually how to undergo a caffeine detox and some healthy substitutes because it's not just about eliminating, but what could you add back in to make this all work? So the first point that we need to know is that men and women metabolize caffeine very, very differently. So while we're gonna talk specifically about how caffeine is detrimental to hormones across the board, male and female, we have to understand that men metabolize caffeine just like alcohol, much better than women. And, and that's point number one. We have to know that men and women are just different, right? Like across the board, we should have different sets of requirements because men tend to run on a 24-hour hormonal flow, 24-hour hormonal cycle, where women run on a 28-day hormonal cycle, right? Like there's just a huge difference in that. But men and women are actually metabolizing caffeine much, much differently. So women just tend to metabolize it more slowly because the female body is designed to conserve as much energy from whatever it's consuming, especially in fluids, because our bodies are created and designed to grow tiny human beings. Like that's the reality, that's the big difference. So we're metabolizing things slower, our body likes to hold on to things a little bit longer because it doesn't know if it's gonna need them. So it's preparing to have a baby and even when you're well, good and done, as long as you're ovulating and you haven't gone through menopause, your body is storing and holding on to things in preparation for that. And when we talk about metabolism and women metabolizing it much, much slower, how does our body actually metabolize caffeine? Which brings us to point number two, that we must know about caffeine and our hormones. So basically, caffeine is creating a stress response in the body. So when our body goes to metabolize and break down caffeine, what it's actually doing is it's signaling cortisol. And this is where adrenals come in and why some people express the need uh, and why some people believe that adrenal fatigue can be worsened 
with coffee or, or high amounts of coffee and why if you have adrenal fatigue, you should probably really consider this caffeine detox that we're going to do. But caffeine causes your body to produce extra cortisol, which in time stresses the adrenal glands because that's where cortisol is released. And this boost of cortisol is actually what's giving us that temporary boost of energy. So what happens is caffeine strongly affects the activity of the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, the HPA, right? This is the link system of the adrenal glands. And basically, it messes with our body's ability to manage and deal with stress both at rest and during activity. So caffeine stimulates a release or an excess release of cortisol. And this is where the adrenal glands are linked. The HPA axis influences the body's ability to manage and deal with stress both at rest and during activity. So basically, it's having this profound impact on the adrenal glands that secrete two key hormones in response to the consumption of caffeine. One of those hormones is epinephrine or adrenaline, which increases respiration rate, heart rate, and blood pressure. Essentially, this is the aspect of where you get that get up and go, that extra boost of energy. However, in hindsight, the other key hormone that it releases is cortisol. And cortisol's job is essentially to free up stored glucose or stored energy, which we need in greater amounts during times of perceived stress. So basically what's happening is when you consume caffeine, your body thinks it's undergoing a stressful situation, such as being chased by a bear, <laughs> which is not happening, right? Or modern or, or starvation, basically survival. However, what our body doesn't know is that these modern lifestyle choices are just creating chronic stress in our body, releasing excess glucose when we really don't need energy at all. So while you might get that get up and go because of the adrenaline, what we fail to forget is that we're also releasing cortisol, which is responding to free up this stored glucose, essentially increasing your blood sugar level values in your bloodstream. And we know that if you raise those blood sugar values too long in chronic stress, right, what happens? We get insulin resistance. We get excess fat storage. Like all of these things relate to more hormonal problems down the road into things that you really don't want to happen. Not to mention when we compound this problem, we pe- people tend to consume more caffeine during stressful periods of time anyways, right? So why do people consume coffee and caffeine? Probably because they feel tired. They feel groggy. They need a, a pick-me-up, right? Sometimes it's just because you want the warm comfort of it. But in most cases, we are consuming caffeine in stressful situations, which only makes the problem worse. So if we look at some studies, right, studies in humans have shown that caffeine increases cortisol and epinephrine at rest, and that cortisol after caffeine consumption are similar to those experienced during acute stress. In other words, it just recreates stress conditions in the body in chronic ways. So basically, if you consume caffeine often throughout the day, you're you're living in a constant state of stress. On top of that, rat studies have shown that caffeine consumption during chronic stress increases cortisol, blood pressure, and the negative hormonal events. In fact, the research continues and shows that chronically stressed rats who consumed caffeine ended up sicker and died sooner than rats experiencing chronic stress without caffeine consumption. So, I mean, to sum it up, right? Caffeine is just stimulating a chronic stress response, and we know that chronic stress is one of the most detrimental things to our hormonal flow. So we could say bottom line right here is that we probably can't fix our hormonal flow or regulate our hormones without 
eliminating the chronic stress in our body, especially from controllable substances like caffeine. Like that's just the way it is. I know that there's a lot of stresses in our life and in our environment that are uncontrollable. And that is why it's so important to take into account the things that we can control. Now, I know that's really, really difficult. And I know that there's always the argument that caffeine consumption over time leads to a degree of physiological tolerance. Like we can handle more the more that we consume. And this is true and proven that people who drink coffee regularly don't have the blood pressure, heart rate, epinephrine production, and even anxiety and stimulation may not be as strongly affected as someone who just occasionally drinks it. But across the board, we know that caffeine is having a hormonal impact because it's creating a stressful event, whether you've developed this degree of physiological tolerance or not. So tip number one was that women metabolize caffeine much more slowly than men. Number two is that caffeine creates a stressful response in the body. And tip number three is that caffeine disrupts your entire hormonal cascade for 24 hours. I think this one is so fascinating. So when I talked at the beginning that men run on a 24-hour cycle, while women do in some aspects and in some hormones, like all of us are resetting every 24 hours, basically in that deep sleep, like we have to reach that point of deep sleep in order for our body to really reset those hormones. However, women are really running off a 28-day cycle, so our hormonal flow is gonna switch, you know, about every week, five to 10 days, whatever that looks like, through the different phases of ovulation, But like I said, regardless, both male and female, we're resetting our hormones, our daily hormones, once we reach deep sleep. But here's the thing about caffeine is it's disrupting our hormonal cascade for 24 hours. So not only is it setting our body into the stress load, the stress response in our body, which puts us on a sugar roller coaster, right? Because when we have high cortisol, then we release glucose in response to that, which creates high blood sugar. And then we just get on the sugar roller coaster of the highs and the lows. So we go high, we feel really good, but then we crash and then we want more coffee or more energy to pick it back up, to go back up. Like once we start that sugar roller coaster in a day, it's really difficult to end it until the following day, basically until we sleep it off. That's why if you, you've probably experienced this, like if you ate a really, if you've been used to eating really great breakfast, like breakfast, you work out in the morning, you have a really great morning routine, you just kind of stay on this even flow where You have even energy, life is going good, you don't really have intense cravings. But if you start your morning off and you have something you normally don't eat, maybe it's something really sugary or a donut or something like that, and it just starts you on the sugar roller coaster, once you start that journey, it's really hard to get off that train. Like I said, it disrupts our hormonal cascade for 24 hours. And so not only is it putting you on the sugar roller coaster, but it's also preventing your body from reaching deep sleep. So caffeine has a really long half-life. Basically, it takes a long time for our body to actually metabolize it and get rid of it. Especially if we're slow metabolizers, this can take a full 24 hours for our body to process it and get rid of it. Now, interestingly, people are gonna process and metabolize caffeine differently, even on different medications and different substances that you might be using. So smokers actually process caffeine much quicker than someone who's a non-smoker. And people who are on oral contraceptives process caffeine twice as slow. So the half-life is twice as long as someone who's not on oral contraceptives. So there's a lot of differences based on your lifestyle and how quickly you're going to process and get rid of caffeine in the body. But what we know is that it takes your body a full 24 hours to fully get rid of that and reset your hormones. So it's going to interrupt your sleep 
Most people who consume caffeine at any point during the day have a, are less likely to achieve the deep REM sleep that we're looking for to reset those hormones and to really feel good. So what happens the next day? You wake up groggy, right? Like you didn't reach the deep sleep. Even though you were sleeping, you didn't reach the deep sleep that your body needed. And so you just feel fatigued, which means that you probably want coffee. And that makes you want to crave all the things. And it just creates this vicious cycle that we get into where coffee actually creates more energy depletion, more fatigue, more cravings. And if people just eliminated coffee, like this is the perk. If you come off coffee, you'll actually realize how much energy you naturally have. And that energy is real energy. So it's lasting. It's not this pseudo energy that we're getting from a substance. So again, it disrupts the entire hormonal cascade for 24 hours. There's a rise in inflammation, a rise in cortisol, a rise in blood sugar, a rise in fat production, like all of these things. And all of that means that there's a a lowering of your immune system and prevention of getting a good night's sleep. I mean, you can just see stress after stress after stress coming out in this. And that brings us to tip number four, which shows that caffeine depletes your body of some essential nutrients, like things like our B vitamins, which are needed in hormonal, which are needed in hormonal production and things like iron, like our body needs these things and iron and magnesium, which our body needs to really function at its prime to produce the right and adequate amount of hormones and actually be able to use them. So those are just like four basic things that caffeine has been shown to do in the body. Now I know there's a lot of discrepancies when studying caffeine on the body. Like there's huge differences between the type of coffee beans, uh, like the type of caffeine. Where is it coming from? Is it coming from artificial caffeinated beverages like Red Bull or is it coming from coffee? And when we get into coffee, what the type of roasting matters, the varying ways you could prepare coffee, instant versus freshly roasted organic. There's also a huge difference in how sensitive someone is to caffeine. And when we talk about depleting your body of nutrients and causing this rise in cortisol and how quickly our body can actually metabolize and get rid of it, remember, caffeine has to be processed through the detox pathways. And when we look at our detox pathways, we talk about women and men and sensitivities. When we think about our detox pathways as like a a highway, right? So men tend to have like this six lane interstate freeway, right, where things are flowing freely through that, and they can detox things really quickly. Women have more of like a a four-lane highway, right? Like it's much smaller and it's more easily congested. So you can't have quite as many metabolites and toxins running through that without it getting backed up. So the idea with caffeine is that it has to sit on that pathway through that interstate or that freeway in order to get metabolized, broken down, detoxified, and eliminated from the body, just like everything else. And the more and more toxins that we have congesting this area, the slower that caffeine is going to get metabolized and the more of an impact that it's going to have in your hormones. And so we really want to be careful about how much we pack in to our body needing to metabolize and detoxify. Because the more we have congestion in there, the greater the impact, the negative impact that it's having on your body. So we want to kind of free that free that up. So again, there's a lot of discrepancies. If you know you're someone who has a harder time detoxifying, if you are just more sensitive to things in general, um, you have a harder time losing weight, like you have a harder time, 
Your body is just slower to respond to most things, and yet you're highly sensitive to medications and other things. Caffeine is going to be even more detrimental to you. Like I am a really sensitive person, and caffeine can make me jittery. Um, it makes me not sleep very well. Like I can get on that high and the low, and I can feel that. Um, and so I know that caffeine is having a much stronger impact in my body than other people who can handle it without really having an effect. Now remember, if you've been a coffee drinker or a caffeine drinker for much of your life, you've developed some kind of temporal immunity to caffeine, but it's still having a stress impact on your body. So whether you can feel it or not anymore, it's still having the same stress response inside your body. And it's something that if you are having these hormonal issues, you should take into account. So why do a caffeine detox? Well, like I said, I think it's important if we want health in general and if we want our hormones to be reset and to really feel our best is to experience what our body does and what it feels like without the need for caffeine or artificial energy, right? Because our body should be capable of producing enough energy without the need for it in our body to really sustain itself well. So I think everyone should experience a caffeine detox for one to two weeks, maybe even a month of time, and then add it back in. Because if you've developed some kind of tolerance to it, you will surely know that after a month when your body's fully eliminated all those toxins from that, you will know whether your body can handle it or not. So I'm gonna give you some ways that if you have no desire to cut out coffee, or caffeine from your diet, I'm gonna show you some ways in which it can help, like some ways that you can consume it that are going to help your body not create such a stress response. And then I'm gonna give you some ways to like just do the full-on detox, as well as some healthy alternatives to things like coffee and caffeine that you might need. So if you're not about eliminating your coffee, but you wanna cut it back, here are some tips. Never add sugar to your coffee, because again, once we hit that stress response, It's releasing cortisol, which is already pulling glucose out of your system. So you're kind of having this double whammy of sugar influx coming into your body, which creates massive amounts of fat storage um, and slowing your metabolism. So cut the sugar, all the crazy drinks that Starbucks has and coffee shops have, which probably tastes really delicious. I know that if I drink coffee because I just don't like the taste, I would have to load it with enormous amounts of really awful things to make me like it. So go for black or try doing the bulletproof coffee where you add some butter or MCT oil and maybe some collagen to help slow the rate of caffeine down, which again can come to tip number two is only drink coffee or caffeine during a full meal or after a full meal, like directly after. So basically we're trying to help your body slow the absorption of that caffeine down so it doesn't have quite the stress response inside your body. So slowing it down is always gonna be best. The only way you can do that is adding the fat or having it with a full meal. Now, some women honestly just can't handle the bulletproof coffee. It might make you feel bloated and fatigued and tired. Um, And it's just because our livers, again, can't process all of that fat. Um, And so that's something that you have to work up to or just eliminate. Another tip is just to switch to less coffee, like going more of like the small cup of espresso rather than like the Trenta version at Starbucks, right? Like we're just consuming coffee in excess amounts. So we're talking, if you want coffee, like a cup or two, a cup, right? A day um, and nothing more and savor it, not gulp it. So those are some tips that I would start with, like just lower it down, get rid of the sugar and the cream, switch to adding it with a meal or adding some fat to that and, and see if that helps. 
However, like I said, I kind of like the idea of just doing a full detox from coffee and caffeine for a period of time to see what it's doing, especially if you have hormonal symptoms like infertility, PCOS, endometriosis, PMS problems, menopausal symptoms, hot flashes. I mean, like the list goes on and on. If you're having any hormonal symptoms, please just give this a shot. Because like I said, we can do a lot of other tips, but this one's so easy to look over and yet it's having such an enormous response in the body. So how do you actually detox? One is if you're a woman, detox at the right time in your cycle. And I think that we forget the power of our cycle and when our body naturally produces more energy. And I want to talk more about cycle syncing in life in general, because I think it can open up um, a woman's body so much more and when you should exercise intensely and and um, foods, different foods you should eat during different like points in your cycle. Obviously, it can be overwhelming at first, but it can make all the difference. So during the ovulation phase, like halfway through your cycle is actually when you have the most natural energy reserves. And so this is a great time to start a caffeine detox because it's not going to be easy. Remember, this is a substance. It's an addictive substance. And therefore, it can cause great energy depletion right away. Headaches. I mean, like you can feel all the feels, especially like day one through three tend to be the worst. Day four, you you start picking it back up. So do it when you have the most natural energy reserves. Um, Make sure you're nourishing your adrenals. So providing lots of other ways to get energy. So like being outside in nature, trying adaptogens, which we haven't talked tons about, but that's like ashwagandha, maca root powder, which I'm going to be talking all about um, in an email coming up. Um, Make sure you're replacing the magnesium and the lost B vitamins with um, supplements. So you can either supplement with that. You can try Epsom salt baths. Like that magnesium is also going to help if you have... um, Withdrawal headaches, that will really help relax those. Make sure you're adding a B-complex to your diet because, again, caffeine greatly depletes that. And B-complex is really a huge energizer in our body and a baseline nutrient for hormonal production. Stay hydrated, right? Like so many people to drink the majority of their hydration intake via caffeine. Um, And sometimes we're just craving caffeine and energy because our body is just simply thirsty. So hydrate well. Not just straight water, but add some lemon to it, a little bit of sea salt, like these water tonics that really are hydrating to the body. Do only gentle exercises. Um, Again, if you feel like you're depleted, then you're going to want caffeine. Um, And depleting your energy via hard, intense workouts, probably during a caffeine detox, especially if you've been on caffeine for a long time, is not going to do you any favors. So gentle exercises. And the last tip I can give you is eat a really big breakfast. So if you're used to coffee, which most people are first thing in the morning or caffeine first thing in the morning, try eating a really big breakfast, provide that natural energy so your body is not as hungry and not as fatigued, which will prevent that urge to just reach for that. So those are some tips. I'm going to have a whole handout free download over on the blog in the show notes at simplerootswellness.com slash 071 to help you do this caffeine detox. And over there, you can find all the alternatives. I'm just going to list them here quick, but all the alternatives, especially if you're just craving something warm, because I think that's what the habit is, is it's not necessarily the drive that you have to have coffee or your your caffeine. It's just that you like the flavor of it and you like the warmth of it and you just like the idea of it. So can we replace that with something else of equal deliciousness that you like? So some ideas... 
are things like twig tea, maca root powder, herbal teas with dandelion root, chaga latte, um, a dandelion root latte, hot water and lemon. There's something called a nut butter latte, uh, turmeric latte. I do golden milk lattes, green juice, um, and other herbal tea blends. Again, I'll link all these up, recipes that you can find. I'm gonna be showing you how to do this over in the Hormonal Reset on Instagram and Facebook. Like there are a lot of great alternatives that you can do. Now I'm gonna get the question because I promote matcha and I like my morning matcha. Matcha does have a great amount of caffeine in it. Now, just quickly in a Q&A, I'm gonna do this later. There's two questions I wanna answer. What do I think about matcha? And what about decaf coffee and tea? Matcha is a different caffeine compound than you see in coffee and teas and most herbal or in, in black tea. However, it's still caffeine and caffeine across the board is having a stress load on the body. Now, I think that you can work to desensitize your body to caffeine, but it takes going through a detox and really eliminating the high artificial sources of caffeine, not to mention matcha is like one of the most powerful antioxidants in the body. So when we look at the pros and the cons of it, are the pros of the matcha and the massive amount of antioxidants and uh, remedies that matcha could fix and help with in the body and the massive amount of nutrients in it, is that outweighing the, the stress response on caffeine? Like, I don't think that there's enough studies to say, like, absolutely, yes, the matcha, the caffeine in matcha is much, much differently and actually healthy for our body. Like, I wouldn't go that far to say that. And I would say that if you're doing a caffeine detox, you also need to include eliminating matcha for that period of time. But I feel like if you're going to add caffeine back in, you know, once in a while, I would always suggest like a matcha route over a coffee route because matcha in general is just a much, much, much healthier alternative to coffee. However, if you want to add coffee back in, coffee is one of the highest moldy foods that we consume in our diet. So when you're looking for coffee, make sure you buy a really, really high quality, clean, organic, fair trade coffee because it's going to make a huge difference in your body. So Maybe it's not even the caffeine that's having the impact. Maybe it's the mold if you're drinking coffee. Like there's just, there's a lot going on with coffee. Um, Good things too, which we didn't talk about. Um, But just know it has to come from a really good source. Now decaf, when they decaffeinate coffee and tea, they're doing that via uh, chemical treatments essentially to remove that. The chemicals are just as bad for your hormones as the caffeine is. So if you're going to drink it, you might as well just drink the caffeine version of it because I would say the chemicals are maybe even more harmful to our body than the caffeine itself. So decaf coffee and tea don't count and I wouldn't recommend those. So that's the goal. Can you do a two-week caffeine detox We've started it. We're testing the waters. Will you join us? That is the question. Make sure you head on over to the show notes at simplerswellness.com slash 071 to get all these alternatives, recipes with alternatives. I'm trying to make this as doable and realistic as possible because at the end of the day, I think what you'll find is that you're going to sleep better. Your hormones are going to regulate. Like you're going to have decreased anxiety, lower blood pressure, healthier teeth, lower cortisol levels, which helps everything in your body. You'll be more in touch with your natural rhythms and your energy levels. You'll have a better libido. Like you'll just feel better in general. Like there are so many things that could come with this. So the question becomes, are you in? Are you in? Are you willing to try this? 
Again, make sure you head on over to the show notes at simplewordswellness.com slash 071 to get all the information and the free download on conducting your own caffeine detox. And make sure you follow along on Instagram at Alexa Sherm and Facebook at Simple Roots Wellness, where I'm going to share more about this and encourage you to try this out. Again, this tends to be one of the most overlooked and yet beneficial things we could do for our hormones. So I hope you don't hate me at the end of the show. I hope that it gave you some clarity amongst the confusion of caffeine and coffee and what it's doing in our body. And appreciate the fact that your body is a wonderful, marvelous thing that we really have to foster and look at individually. So that's my challenge. That's my hope. Stay tuned because in the weeks coming up, we're going to continue to break down hormones, have some leading experts on, and I want to answer all of your questions. So if you have any questions, shoot me an email at alexa at simplerootswellness.com. Drop your questions and any experts you'd like to see on the show as it relates to hormones because I want to ask them your questions and make sure your questions are getting answered right here. And as always, thank you so much for being here. Make sure you follow me on Instagram and on Facebook. And don't forget to sign up for those weekly emails because I'm sharing all the details inside of those and how you can join me in resetting your hormones in a five-day hormonal reset. You guys, it's so good. And people have seen so many changes and I want you to be involved. Again, head over to the show notes to learn more all about that hormonal reset and join me in the upcoming weeks as we go through it together. And one last thing before we go, don't forget to rate and review the show. I had someone I met with and they were like, I had no idea what ratings and reviews mean to you. And I hear you say it all the time and yet I've never done it. The reality is they mean everything to the health of the show, like literally everything. And it's so simple. It takes two minutes out of your day and it means the world to me. All you have to do to leave a rating and review is go to simplerootswellness.com slash review or go to iTunes, search for Simple Roots Radio and leave an honest star rating and a review to help the show out. You only have to do it once. I read every single one and it gives me ideas and feedback for what you'd like to see more of right here on Simple Roots Radio. I so appreciate it and I thank you so much for being here. In the meantime, here's to stepping up, taking the plunge and doing this caffeine detox together. I know we can. Stay tuned. More is coming up. Thank you again for being here and I'll see you soon.